for a year now, people have been saying, what's it going to take to get MassCast to come back? And we have our answer. Uh, it's a global outbreak of a virus. Hold on to your butts. It's the MassCast. Well, hey, welcome back. Uh, we're right back here, right where we were just uh, just a year ago. That's all it was. It seems like just yesterday we were sitting here recording our last uh, episode of MassCast. I'm non-NASCAR driving, non-being able to work on cars or do anything with cars at all. Ricky Mast, along with my former NASCAR driving uh, father, Rick Mast. Dad, how you been the last year? Good. Good, Ricky. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's wonderful. Yeah, I see. Well, since we last recorded, there's yet another cat added here to the house, and he's just jumped up here on the... uh, Yeah, it's Sam. Samantha. Sam. No, it's not Samantha. He's Sam. He's a boy. Yeah. Yeah, Not that a boy couldn't be named Samantha. It's 2020. Not not Samantha. The other one. Samson? Samson and Goliath. Yeah, Samson. Samson. I I don't know my Bible well enough. Samson's from the Bible. It's a biblical name. That's right. That's right. Anyhow, it took the Cornelius. What do you call it? Not Cornelius virus. The coronavirus. Coronavirus. Like yes. The it took that to get us yes. all back together. I tell you, Ricky, we we are folks out there in Twitter land and social media land. We have been receiving requests from people wanting to know why Masscast wasn't out there. Well, uh, from my standpoint, I tell you, a couple things happened, folks, that that, that kind of derailed us. First thing that happened, Ricky got himself a girlfriend. Okay, we're going to so blame that, it on me already. So then that, that took away time. Then Ricky got to doing the official Lana Berry's podcast, right? Is that right, podcast? Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed is available on all your major podcasting platforms, all yes. Right. Right. And some on YouTube, by the way. And when those two things happened, because he would have to call me and bug me to get me set down long enough to do these things. And then when that happened, it kind of took away. It did take away from time, Ricky, of you doing it it took away the time you beating up on me to get me set down I to actually do one of these things so i think those two things we can blame it on the girlfriend and the Atlanta braves podcast but now here we sit mm-hmm. in virginia mm-hmm. homebound because of the virus going mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. and as we were talking you know what greater way to to <laughs> to give back something to the folks where they're all homebound across the country but another mass cast sure so here we are the folks out there are craving content as i understand that's what they're saying content. well hell i have been i've been sitting oh, on the phone all day not being able to get nothing on tv i know i mean other than going outside and that's what we're get, that's what we're doing you go go you go fishing you know go back i mean it's, it's, you know just go down to the river and go fishing there's an old episode of friends where joey tribbiani He's uh, talking to, I forget who he's talking to, but whoever it is he's talking to, uh, the, the people he's talking to, they mention that they don't have a TV in their apartment. And he says, you don't have a TV. What do you aim all the furniture at? And I kind of thought, now this is kind of the similar thing of like, without any sports to watch whatsoever, it's like, well, what exactly do I do? Where's the, I don't have any direction. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm 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 amped up to watch this. What are they calling it? The, the replacements 100 thing they're doing today, where yeah. some of the guys are racing on I racing yeah, at three o'clock yeah, today. Yeah, which by the time right. this comes out, that will have already happened. That's right. But that's right. But uh, kudos to them, by the way, for some Dale Jr., Bubba Wallace. Some of those guys are involved in it for actually coming up with some form of entertainment for the folks for uh, for a day. So that's that's pretty cool. 
I don't even know where to start with this virus thing and the NASCAR thing. The only thing I thought of that maybe was comparable for uh, for you was you were still, and this was right before you retired, but I was thinking about uh, September 11th, 2001, and you guys, I think you had, what, one race? That's right. Canceled or postponed or however that worked, and then you came back at Dover, if I remember right. That's right. I don't even know if this is comparable to that, but that's the only thing in my lifetime no, I could think of. No, the only two times in, in, in my career that ever happened, once when they had the forest fires in Daytona for the 4th of July I race. forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We never even got to the racetrack on that. They, they, they shut it down before we got there. I guess the smoke and the fires were so bad they had to cancel the race. The other one, of course, was 9-11, and I was thinking about that earlier. You know, when when talking about we've canceled two races so far this year, waiting on this virus to get away from us. And when did that ever happen? Well, the the nine one one deal. I, that week, I remember Ricky. We went to, we were we were playing in a uh, was it called pro am is a golf deal. We went, right. We went to uh, I think it was Winston Salem, and the Champions Tour was mm-hmm. was playing. They started that week. Well, we went down there and we played on Wednesday with those guys. I skated. I played with a guy named Don Pooley, right professional golfer and whenever you play with those guys man it's neat as the dickens to get to watch that real quick was this the day before 9-11 i'm going to tell you the story okay well because you just said wednesday and i got a feeling if, if it was the day before it would have been monday i'm just saying i'm going to tell you the story. okay all right all right so wednesday wednesday we we're going to play in this tournament which we did and then then we leave i guess thursday night and go to new hampshire for that race well i played in that tournament and by the way when you play with those guys it's real neat to start with to watch them because wherever they hit it, that's where the ball goes. It's a darnest mm-hmm. thing to watch these professionals. I played with a guy named Jim Thorpe one time. If you remember him, mm-hmm. he was on the Champions Tour. He's a guy, you always smoked through cigars. Right. Played with him at that fancy course in Charlotte on one of those deals. And I remember he told me, I was asking him one time about the players, and I remember he, he looked at me and said, Rick, let me explain something to you about our golfing tour. I said, what's that? He said, there ain't a, his, a whiskers difference in any ever, anybody's abilities on this tour. He said, the only difference, and he took his finger and put his head, he says, is right here. The difference is in your head. But anyhow, that's a sidebar. Okay. So anyhow, we go down and we play the thing, and I finally get to meet one of my distant relatives, Dick Mast. Guy yes. named Dick Mass used, Remember to that. On, used to be on the tour. Uh, he's from Canada, but he's down south now somewhere. He's got some kids at Liberty and all that. But anyhow, so we play that. We come back, and at that time, I had uh, had some weakness going on, and they've diagnosed I was a little bit anemic. Okay, didn't have enough iron in my system, so they give me iron pills and all that. Couldn't tolerate. Finally, what they did, they made me go into uh, this place and get these iron drips. So I'd go into, it was actually where I went was in the little cancer center. So I'm sitting in there with all these cancer patients. So the next morning on Thursday, I'm sitting there that morning early, uh, hooked up to an IV, getting a big old bag of iron drip in my system uh, with, the, with the cancer patients. They're, those guys are in there getting their chemo, right? And uh, we're sitting there, and they got a little TV on. And about that time, we saw the plane hit. You know, they come across the news, and then a little bit later, the second plane hit. Then the... Pentagon got hit, and I tore out of there when it was all over. When I got my bag done and got back, got back home, but anyhow, they canceled the race that weekend. That was a real, real weird deal. You know what I mean? The way that the way that all worked out. Then the next week at Dover, it was so patriotic. I mean, I've never seen so much patriotism in my life at a racetrack that we had at Dover. Uh, the next week, and then later around thanksgiving time we went back it was real cold we 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 made up that race at new hampshire Mm -hmm. but this is a little bit 
a little bit uncharted territory for for nascar and what's going on well it's uncharted for everybody right now yeah it really is i mean i've if for those of you who do remember MassCast and remember a little bit about me i'm still working in major league baseball and our season just like everybody else in sports has been affected by this i mean the football is about the only thing that really hadn't been majorly affected by this other than that xfl the new league that started up so we're all kind of just navigating our way through this together and just trying to uh figure out what's next and hopefully hopefully as i cough hopefully uh you know, things will start to calm down here within the next couple of weeks. That that seems to be the prevailing thought. Well, I'll tell you what hadn't calmed ba- calmed down is friggin' toilet paper. Did you no. see on eBay a while ago somebody was bidding toilet paper for a big pack of it, fifteen grand? Now, I don't know if that uh-huh. if that thing is a parody or not, but I went to it. It showed up on Twitter, and I went to it, eBay, and sure enough, there it is, fifteen thousand one hundred. Last time I took that, looked at it. I have it on authority, trusted trusted source informed me this morning that a large quantity of toilet paper was purchased just this morning on eBay that is headed here directly to this house at well, some point in the next couple of that, days. That's not surprising. Somebody you've known and been very close to for... That's not surprising. Well, I think you've been married to her for four or five decades oh, now. Uh, well, just placed a large order for a toilet paper on eBay just this morning. We got... Ricky, we got 60, 83 acres back here. Yeah. We've got tree leaves laying everywhere. That's true. We've got running water. We've got a stream. We've got everything you need. Got a herd of cattle back there. We got a herd of cattle. We yeah. got deer running around. We're, we'll be okay. That's true. And speaking of that, I know a couple guys are ho- not hoarders. Uh, what do they call them? Survivalists? What's the name? Survivalists. Yeah. Survivalists, I guess. Yeah. I got one guy, a real good friend of mine, man. I've known him for years. Got a real successful business, and he's big time into that stuff. He's got a play, he's got a bunker near where he lives, and that thing is stocked full of guns and ammo, but all kinds of food, perishable, non-perishable items, but. And, and and he he was telling me about this virus maybe six weeks ago. He he stays up on all this stuff. So he he was telling me six weeks ago, get prepared, Rick, get prepared. This is going to be big. It's going to be big. And each time someone come out, he'd call me and you know give me advice on what we should do and not do and all. Finally, finally here the other day, I told him I said, well, if it gets bad, dude, I'm just coming to your house because I don't have yeah. all the, I don't have all the stuff you have. I'm just going to come to your place. It is interesting. Like I've and I know this friend of yours, and I've seen some of his. He's got material like like. Not materials like like reading materials like put packets and books and prep guides and like here's how you I don't want to say get into this lifestyle but essentially it's like if you want to become a survivalist or you want to prepare yourself for everything here's the starter kit that basically of all the things you need to do. Oh, he's hardcore. And he's it would hardcore. be it would be easy in normal day life to normal everyday life to kind of poke fun at those folks but I've been sitting here thinking especially over the last few days suddenly like those guys like your buddy's just got to be sitting there looking around like on a huh uh-huh yeah now everybody wants to know about my bunker and how i stock all this stuff and what i do it's, it's just yeah, I talked to funny him how it turns so quickly yeah, i talked to him yesterday he was pretty full of not full of himself but he's pretty yeah 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 yep yep yes yeah. this is not a surprise this is yeah yep yep you're exactly right yeah you know i'm kind of happy for him i i kind of am too it's kind of, it's it's kind of his time to shine it really, is you know it is. it is okay well then in in the interest of giving y'all since this is basically a nascar podcast and that's mostly what we talk about since that's your world uh and we're not medical experts by any means so i don't know how much we can go into the coronavirus or the cornelius virus as some people here have been calling it 
but we have at least had a few NASCAR races in the 2020 season and plenty of news. So I want to run through some of this stuff and get your thoughts on it. Okay. So I have some notes here. And I don't know if I'm going to go chronologically or what. I Well, let's go back and start. Let's go all the way back to Daytona, first of all. Let's get into the Newman crash real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I will say, if you follow me on Twitter, I was tweet, kind of tweeting along that night just, just my feelings as it was happening. Watching that wreck live, I mean, me see, I saw, I just caught how he got hit live, and I immediately, out loud, while watching it by myself, just went, oh, no. I just oh no that's that's bad that's bad that's bad and honestly the feelings and everything that i had and the emotions i was having in that that hour or hour or two after he wrecked from the time he wrecked in the following a couple of hours i hadn't felt that way since february of 2001 with dale senior i don't think i'd seen one where i i had that feeling of you know they brought out not the tarps but they brought out those screens the black screens and the 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 emotion and the broadcasters and Jeff and Mike in the booth and all of that and I'm just sitting here going it just felt like having gone through that in the 90s and early 2000s up up through Dale Senior it just had that feeling of this is going to be really 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 bad and all I could think was I I was flashing back through through that time that you were in the sport and that I was around it because of you the only time I could think of where that whole scenario played itself out and it didn't end in death was with Ernie Irvin and even that was very very serious and he he was in the hospital for a while and in a coma and could have easily died almost did almost died so then to see Ryan Newman walk out two days later was pretty incredible and a testament to the the safety that's in place now with NASCAR but what were your thoughts just on the whole Newman deal when you saw it and then the, how it transpired well I think what you said is what most people are thinking, including me, Rick. It, it, <clears throat> you know, these race cars now, it's always been the same. The things that get you with these cars, when they get to do those violent flips and all, as long as you stay in the seat and the belts work, the safety systems work, you're, you're going to be okay most of the time. It's fire, you know, getting trapped in fire, of course, and then sudden impact, sudden stops. And that's what the soft walls and all the, you know, the Hans device, all that stuff kind of helps all that. And But you take those away, then your next most vulnerable thing is getting killed in a race car is that the area around your upper body you know in a vulnerable position and you know luckily for a number of years we haven't had a car that got violated or hit in that area i mean i, I remember years ago a couple guys uh taking hits in that area and they, they didn't survive and uh so you know when you go back when you when you saw the wreck when i saw the wreck and he got hit and all that and well okay He's upside down. He'll get out. And then I went back and watched the thing in slow replay. And well, he got hit in that vulnerable spot. He got hit right in the left side, right up near the top, near the top of the cage. You know, between that and the door, right where your head and body sits. And I'm like, this could could potentially be not good. As we know, it all turned out. He's fine, and you know, he thanks his safety and good luck and God. And he thanks everything, of what I've heard him say for you know, being alive today. But really, <clears throat> a, a lot of things figured into that. I remember a couple of Speedway cars in my career. My head would actually set against that bar, the bar that's right below where your name is. <clears throat> Call it the halo bar, the loop bar, whatever you want to call it. But right below the name on, on the roof, there's a bar right there. And, and, and this, a couple of these cars I were in, the, 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 the cars were 
they would make these cars a little smaller for speedways. It'd be a little shorter from the frame rail to the top of the roof. They, they would, it would be a shorter deal and just making a car a little smaller in that area. And when it did that, that could find the driver's compartment. Well, I, like I say, a couple of cars, my head would actually set against that bar, you know, during the race. And I'm like, man, this ain't good. You get to wrecking and flipping and your head's already against this bar. But anyhow, the new car, the cars today, the, the, the driver, they've moved the seat over. In other words, the driver sits further away from that bar. And actually, they've moved those bars out a little bit. The door bars and that bar by head used to sit against. They, you know, so they got some, some room there in some area. Then they got what some people call the headset. And if you see the in-car camera shots, the guys are sitting there in the seat and the the the, the helmets in, inside of, you've got the big padding thing on both sides of your helmet. So, you know, you've got that on the left side now, that, that hard cushiony stuff, and then you're sitting further away from all that. So all that figured into his survival. There's no way in some of the cars that I drove, could you take, could you have taken a hit like that and come out the way Newman did? There's just no way. So, you know, there's no doubt that this car, compared to what we used to have, helped, helped in aiding and saving Newman's life. There's no doubt about that. I don't even know if just the the first hit, like the angle of the first hit against the wall in uh, the kind of cars that you drove, that was the kind of hit that could have been yeah. very serious on its own oh, without yeah. even getting T-boned without in the, the roof. Without the soft wall, without the Hans device, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the second hit in, in you guys' cars, that second hit, that, that to me, that would have been... That would have done, that, you, that, that done you in. That, done that, you done in, man. But oh, you yeah. might have been done in by the first hit Possibly. without the wall. That that angle and everything. It's just that there's just I don't. Possibly. It's just it's a, it's it's a testament to the amount of safety that's that's come into those cars in all these years. And thank goodness that he's uh, he's okay. It was nice for once to to have those weird range that awful. Awful feeling in my stomach, sitting there watching right after, in the minutes after the wreck, feeling like I knew what was going to happen just because I'd seen it so many times. And then for it to all end up with him walking out with his two little girls walking out of the hospital two days later, it was it was nice to see that whole story flip itself uh, uh, on its head for once. Did we ever figure out why he didn't have shoes on? Everybody no, on I've not heard. I don't he didn't know. have his shoes on walking out of the hospital. No, there was a lot of there was a lot of people procrastinating on it. I mean, prognosing on it. Prognosticating, prognosticating on, there you go. on social media, but nobody ever came up with it. No, I, but you know what? Some of the ne- I tell you, a lot of neat things happen with that, Ricky. Number one, I've never seen such an outpouring of, of one common goal that night all over social media. I mean, within two hours, the the social media in this country was flooded with prayers for Ryan, Ryan Newman. Yeah, right? that was a neat deal. Everybody came together. I tell you another neat deal that I liked. A couple things. Uh, the other thing was. The only thing you saw on the FedEx website or FedEx social media was concern for Ryan Newman. Now you take now remember, granted, they just these guys just won the Daytona 500 FedEx mm-hmm. with Denny Hamlin and the sponsor and everything that goes along with winning the five. Believe me, folks out there, you win the Daytona 500 as a sponsor, it's a big, big friggin' deal, and they never did. I guess maybe later, a couple of days later, maybe they did and all that. But that night and the next morning, the only thing you saw on their on their on their social media was concern for Ryan Newman. Not one word was mentioned about them winning the 500. So I thought that was very classy, very. Deep. Yeah. The other thing that happened was our normal beat writers in NASCAR and the way they handled that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really really neat. I, you know, I, I get on them a lot. You know, as we know this, if you lift the mask, Cash, you know, I used to get on some of these guys for the sensationalism. And 
the negativity neg- sometimes. Negativity yeah. of our sport, but sure. they did. Those guys, I mean, they, they, they held close to the vest, everything that was going on. They did not put out anything that they didn't know about, you know. And uh, that was, it was a little bit of a shock to me. You know, but but very grateful and very happy for the very proud those guys handled it that way. I will say that was to me that was besides Ryan being okay, and then and you also <laughs> mentioned the the outpouring on social media that went beyond just NASCAR fans because that became a national story that night. I saw people on Twitter and elsewhere who don't know anything about NASCAR, don't really keep up with it, but they heard about what was going on and were just saying, you know, hope pray he's he's okay. So that was number one, and his him being okay and the outpouring of support. But I will say, the I think that the national media and media outlets elsewhere could take a big lesson from how the NASCAR media world handled that deal with Ryan Newman that night and the next day, and really the whole situation. Because, and listen, I don't, it's not like I'm close with any of them or know any of them particularly well, but they had to have been hearing rumors oh, yeah. and oh, things yeah. and things that they could have turned into a tweet that wouldn't even a, an official report necessarily, but they could have gone like, hearing this or it's possible that blah, 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 blah. Instead, they just, they, they didn't do any of that. And they let the official people that were the officials that were closest to the situation do the talking and share updates when they had them. And don't get me wrong, I get that it's it's frustrating for us sometimes to to sit here and wonder and like we want to know is he okay? What's his condition? What's happening? Like you gotta give us something. And especially in today's social media world, an hour can seem like a month almost. You know, you were just so used to getting everything now, 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 now. Uh, but for those reporters to hold back and be responsible, I just felt like, I mean, huge huge kudos to them for that. And that um, there's a whole lot of other media outlets in this country, not just sports, but uh, but elsewhere that could take a, a lot of lessons from how the NASCAR core group handled that. Speaking of the NASCAR like beat writers and how they handled that, I kind of had the thought that for the most part, I know Ryan McGee was around in the late 90s and early 2000s because he wrote an article about kind of what I was saying about how I hadn't had that feeling, that awful feeling in my stomach since Dale Sr. He wrote a a pretty interesting article. I think it was on, yeah, it would have been ESPN because he works for ESPN um, about how he hadn't had that feeling since then and he hadn't missed it, obviously, as none of us had. But other than him and a couple of the other guys, I'm not sure when Marty Smith and some of those guys started. I know Matt Yoakum was around when you were around. But as far as the writers go, for the most part, none of those guys were or folks, men or women, were covering the sport, I don't think, when, when Dale Sr. died. Most of the prominent ones, anyway. So I don't want to cast a blanket over everybody. And I was kind of thinking that had to have been the first time that any of them have go- experienced that and had to have gone through that, that thing that we all went through a number of times. Um so that had to be a little that had to be unner- extra unnerving for them as well going th- like covering a situation before and still they were responsible with the way they covered it so kudos to them well i think it was that same i believe it was that story but i think it was mcgee i'm not sure but anyhow what i was going to tell you the the uh i think it was in that story ricky maybe it's a different story but anyhow he was at if it was him or some reporter anyhow they were at the hospital outside of the hospital waiting to hear something on McGee and he's there at an ambulance or near an ambulance and he looks and there's a young reporter behind the ambulance and the young reporter comes up to him real unsure and I think he said maybe shaking and said how do you handle something like this and you know he went on what do you mean or whatnot and they said well have you ever you know I don't know have you ever you you ever had to deal with something like this ever he said it's been a long time, but he used to deal with it all the time. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I think that's one thing that happened that night is, you know, we've gone so long you know, without a tragedy in our sport. Mm-hmm. And and everybody was so shook and not knowing how to handle it. And, and you know, it, it, it came full circle to some people, of course, but some people are like, oh, hell, you can get hurt in a race car, right? Well, the way the safety is in these cars and the moves the guys are making on the racetracks at Talladega and Daytona, it's a different deal. I mean, you know, before when you make a move, you think, okay, if I make it, I got a 50% chance. Anything better than 50% chance, 60% chance, I'll try to make that move and hopefully it works out. But then you get to where, all right, the 50% chance it doesn't work out, where we're going to wreck. And more than likely when you wreck, you're going to get a little, some kind of hurt. You know what I mean? And so those thought presses, thought those thought processes were always there and everybody's mind. But over the years with the safety of these cars and, and, the, and the, the wrecks and amount of carnage we've seen at these race cars, at the, especially the plate tracks, you know, the guys, I don't think have that same thought process. They just, you know, if we don't make it, we're going, we're going to wreck, but you know, we're just going next week, you know, not, not really thinking about the consequence of, of being hurt. Cause the safety of these cars have taken that out of the, some of them's thought press thought processes i think and yeah. uh you know and i think it's that way with the media a lot of the new media i've never been around that stuff to deal with it and see it and firsthand see tragedies so you know and it's a good thing it's a good thing you know it, that, that we don't have that any longer of course yeah it is overall it is we can sit here and go back and forth to how it used to be and how it is today in terms of other parts of the sport but if if everybody still gets to go home to their families and all that when it's when the race right. is all said and done ultimately that's that's the best thing that's so. right well speaking all right well let's let's get into a little bit of the uh, the changes that are, are coming to nascar a couple of things here one that i'm actually a big fan of the bush clash being moved to the daytona road course what are your thoughts on that i i, I love it you don't, I don't care i don't care either way let's run it somewhere okay you know what I mean just run it yeah i like it. it's a little something different and this year's they i mean they by the time it was done they had like about one and a half cars that didn't have any marks on them or anything yeah. just barely crossing the finish line so yeah and that, i guess that's the reason they're doing it yeah i, I would assume i, I mean think because so. well the clash itself is usually pretty exciting I mean, we have, I think what they have like 10 cars or 10 laps. The first one was 10 laps long. And the time I came along and started running it, you know, it was like 20 laps or something. But it was a big deal, man. It was such a big deal back in the day to run that thing. And then, you know, it kind of lost some of its luster over the years. But, you know, it was pretty good this past year. Then putting it to the road course, you know, and I keep hearing a lot of people grumbling, let's go back to just the pole winners. The only way you get in there is you're, you're the pole winner from the previous year. And then, of course, those days, the second round qualifying hit a jackpot deal. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure what they're going to end up doing with that thing. When you ran it in 89 when you were a rookie with Travis Carter's team, yeah, right. the car you used in that, was that your 500 car also? It was, yes. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, I wondered if that was, I wonder how many folks back then used their 500 car in well, the bush class. Well, typically what they did, you you would go do all your winter testing, and whichever car was the fastest, that's the, or the best car, or the car you thought had the most potential, that's the car you would use for the 500. But you would use the bush class to... If you want to try something, you know, you would use it. A lot of guys used it for, for setup or for, for testing for the 500. When you get down there and try something on your Clash car, then you would try to transfer it to the 500 car. And uh, that's kind of the way it worked. Okay. Okay. All right. 
All right. Well, another new thing. Uh, how do you feel about the the single lug nut for next year on the next I gen could, car? I'm gonna tell you something, Rick. Uh-huh. I could give a crap less there about that. <laughs> you know, and it, it, I didn't understand it for a while. Then I realized what was going on. They wanted to use the 18 inch wheel and tire, more low profile. And that thing was already in the works. That was going to happen. Well, you know, it's aluminum wheel, and to use aluminum wheel. If you know anything about cars, when you put five lug nuts on it, all five of those lug nuts have got to be tight. And if they're not tight, you know, you get two or three of them loose, like a lot of times happens. Well, the heck, they run a lot of times. A lot of races cars are running with two or three lug nuts tight right now. If you do that, the wheel breaks. So you can't have a wheel breaking. So how you, how do you get rid of that? Well, you just go to the single big lug nut that holds, that holds the thing on. And that, you know, as long as it doesn't put a lot of burden or or expense on the team it, it really doesn't matter to me i don't care yeah it's kind of what i thought too i'm kind of like what what difference does it make you know i thought those next gen cars look kind of cool to me i don't know looks like looks like the future they look neat so that's about all i got on those um oh, i know one thing i want to know know about your we'll get back into the other nascar stuff here in a second what uh, you were on uh, Dale Jr.'s podcast here recently? How was that trip and experience for you? You know the neatest thing about that. One of the neatest things. I, that's the first time I'd ever gone into a a video. You call it a video. It's audio audio studio. It's a video audio studio, and sat down. And it's not lit real bright in there when you look around, but everybody's got caps on ball caps junior mike mike davis and of course i had mine on and any time over the years that i've ever done anything in studios the first thing you want to do is make try to make you take your hat off because the light the way these things are all lit up the lights comes from the top down and if you got a ball cap on it shades your face you can't see your face uh so you'd always have to deal with that if you had a cap on you they'd always have anyhow you go in there everybody's got the caps on and going back looking at the video everybody's face is lit up and i'm sitting there looking at like all right my face is lit up i've got the ball cap on but i never got a glare from another light i don't know i don't know where they had those lights head at and how they were snuck and reflecting around but that was a that was one of the big things or one of the things about it that struck me and it, it was just a neat deal i mean you know junior's so good at at uh and he's always been he's he's, he's kind of like jimmy johnson i mean they're they're those both those guys are very very respectful of, of the history of our sport you know they, they they always have been uh i guess they always will be and with junior doing what he's doing with dirty mo and the last few weeks, I know it's me, it's Finch, had Finch on there, uh, had Schrader on last week. I think I see where Kyle Petty's going to be on this week. And I, I know, well, I hope, I think they're getting a lot of good response from folks from having these guys on there. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, uh, it was a neat deal. It was a neat deal. All right. Well, good. Well, that was really entertaining. If y'all haven't heard that, uh, you can go back and listen to it or on Dale Jr.'s uh, Dale Jr. download there. And I'm sure the video is available there somewhere as well. Okay, so what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't know when we're going to get back to racing, but we've had Daytona, we've had California, Vegas, Phoenix. What have you thought so far? It seems like to me we've had some pretty good racing overall so far. Yeah, my biggest take so far is that it seems like it's New Deal Chevrolet's working for them. Yeah. The Chevrolet's, these four races have definitely been the most competitive I've seen them probably in two years, Ricky. 
you know i mean different times during the race and we've had civic drivers win the last two or three years but you know during the course of the whole event you're seeing more chevrolets now running towards the front that we've never seen or we haven't seen in a couple of years so i guess they've got that worked out and then it looks like well, the last couple of races it looks like the toyota's back just a little bit you know kind of to the back and the forwards are still right there in the middle of it you know that i look at those three brands and and and, and kind of what's going on in the last couple of years and you know, it seems like Chevrolet and Toyota kind of bounce back and forth. One gets ahead for a while, and other doesn't do well. Of course, it's been a while since Toyota hasn't run well, but but uh, the Fords have always kind of been right in the mix. It seems like no matter what's going on with Chevrolet or Toyota, so seems like Kendrick is kind of starting to finally make a make a, a turn back, a comeback. A yeah, little bit. they are, they are. So that means which goes in line with what you just said about and, Chevys, and, obviously. And that means Jimmy Johnson will uh, he will remember how to drive again, <laughs> right? Because he forgot the last. Well, two yeah, years, he forgot right? he forgot how to drive the last couple of years. Yeah. you know. Yeah. God, these people are so stupid. <laughs> I know. I, I feel. I like shouldn't say stupid. I'm sorry. Misinformed. Misinformed. Yeah. There misinformed. You go. I'm sorry. I, I, it feels like to me, uh, you know, Smoke managed to get him one one win in his uh, his final year. Where was that? Sonoma, I think, if it I remember was right. Sonoma. I've, it just feels like that 48 team. He's going to get at least one more before the season's out. I feel like. Well, I hope, well. I hope, I hope he, he does too. Maybe it's me being hopeful, but I, they, they seem to be running better. He yeah. deserves it. He, he does he deserve it. You know, I, and I used to tell people all the time back all through the whenever it was all through those years he was winning everything and running out front and people were fussing about him and I'm like man you need to try to as a fan just watch this and cherish it because in 20 or 30 years he's going to be looked upon as one of the top five probably that ever set in a race car if you look at what he did the championships and the races he won it's pretty remarkable and and you know he's just one of those talents but you know he for whatever reasons you know he just doesn't seem to get the credit for what he's achieved and i've always thought that was wrong i'll, I'll go to my grave thinking that's wrong because he was definitely one of the best that ever sat down in a race car period yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know why that is either because i don't know if he's just almost he's just a, a nice normal guy and I think the word vanilla gets tossed out there, and I don't know if it's because he doesn't have, you know, Dale Senior had seven championships, and he was polarizing while he was live, and he was the intimidator, and there's this whole personality thing that went along with him, and then the king was just the king, and that was built up over multiple decades, and I just don't know if it was this combination of he just, which is stupid, like just because I mean, I mean, because he doesn't have a certain type of personality that he doesn't get the credit for it, and if anything, that he's really really just a really good guy that's the kind of person we probably should be rooting or we should be rooting for we should, so I, yeah we should and i don't know why that happen. is i mean i don't uh, know if it's just the era in which he did it if it happened too fast i, I don't know i don't know because petties were you know the kings were his champion i'm going off the seven championships now which which jimmy's right there with them I don't know if the Kings was just a different time, different era, and were spread out over quite a number of years. Earnhardt's were spread out over, what, 8, 1980, I think was his first one, and last one was 94. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Jimmy's just happened too, too fast, if people got tired of him winning all the time so fast. I don't know. That didn't that didn't cause people to not give Jeff Gordon credit in, and how much he won all the time because there was times there especially 90 what was it 98 the 50th anniversary it seemed like every week no matter where we were that 24 car won it just seemed like every single friggin week now there are people that didn't like him but he still got credit for being one of the best of all time i think one of the things that fed into it and i've always said this jimmy never had a rivalry 
That's true. You know, when Gordon came along, his rivalry course was Earnhardt, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were one or the other. When Petty came along, he had different rivals. I mean, he he. he he didn't really have one. He had a bunch of them. He had it with Bobby Allison for a while. You know, he had it some other folks. Pearson. He, Pearson for a while. Uh, with Daryl. When Daryl came yeah. on the scene, they had that rivalry for a little while. So Richard always had some rivalries going on, and, and the, uh, the fans bought into that. Uh, Earnhardt had them, uh, or Jeff Gordon had them. But Jimmy came along all through that decade. He never really had a rivalry. You know? Yeah. He just went out there, and whoever runs second, runs second. He kicked everybody's butt. Yeah, you know, and I think that fed into it because if you got a rivalry with somebody, I mean, you're going to have people that love you or hate you, and he never had that opportunity to have somebody like that. That's so true. I think that might have been part of it with him. I but regard, right. regardless of whatever it is, he's one of the greatest. He's a good guy, and uh, deserves all the respect he should get. Have you seen him saying there that he's going to uh, he's going to do some IndyCar testing? Have you? Have you no, I haven't seen that. Is he really? That's that was. Then this is before the uh, the Cornelius uh, took over everything. <laughs> but I believe I'm not sure if he actually did the test or he's planning on doing the test. But he's definitely planning on. It. I think it was. Uh, he's he's shown interest. I think he ran IndyCar like some road courses or street right. courses. Uh, from what I've understood or what what I've gathered and again it's not like i've done a ton of research on it but sounds like he um i don't think he's interested in running like indy 500 or some of the more dangerous places but it sounds like he's got some interest in maybe doing uh some road course racing in indycar which is uh, which is pretty cool well that is i'll give you a real quick example of his goodness okay. type person is my daughter one of my daughters katie your sister yeah katie you know she's in this sports medicine thing and athletic training and all that so she goes she works the boston marathon every year ricky and up there last year jimmy is running the boston marathon mm-hmm. right so she's going down the street early the first morning and she sees this crowd of people coming out of the motel and somebody and right in the middle of it there's jimmy getting ready to go do his thing and he she walks up to him hey jimmy i'm katie mass rickson well he took all the time in the world being just as nice and polite because i remember katie calling us telling us i can't i can't believe how nice and uh, jimmy johnson was to us and how much time he took with me and on and on and on i said no it's not surprising to me it's that's jimmy you know what I mean? So, but anyhow, that's this little sidebar. Yeah, well, it's 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 good to see them running better, and hopefully he gets uh, gets a couple more wins before it's all said and done this year. And it'll be fun to see what he does after uh, after his full time NASCAR career is up. Doesn't sound like he's done wanting to wanting to drive stuff and try new things. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, let's see. Oh, how do you feel about uh, Phoenix? Is going to be the championship race? this year they've moved you know it was interesting i saw some folks who i think have been nascar fans for maybe since the let's say the mid-2000s maybe last 15 years or so where all they know is miami as the uh the finale race which by the way i thought miami was a great place to have the finale um but I, I just think that uh, I, I was thinking about how I remember when they were going to move the finale from Atlanta to Miami. That seemed almost sacrilegious to me because me as a kid, all I ever knew was Atlanta is where everything ends up. And then we got used to Miami. And when they announced this, I thought, well, that could be kind of cool. Maybe they'll move it around a little bit. And what do you think about Phoenix as a uh, well, championship spot? I mean, it's okay. I don't see a problem with it. I mean, they they, they draw a good crowd there. That's the neat part. Yeah. You know, Phoenix usually does a real good job on selling out the fan base out there. So, I mean, that, that's fine. I mean, I'd just soon see it happen in Richmond. That'd be, be cool. Yeah. I'd just love to see 
those guys have it in Richmond. I mean, I don't, I don't know the criteria for that right now, Ricky. I, I mean, you know, we got the media guys and and the marketing guys with NASCAR that's that's doing their thing in this new era that we're in, okay, mm-hmm. and everything that encompasses. So, I think all the moves that are made have to do with a, a an overall branding of our sport and what what we're trying to do with our sport. You know, so I'm not really sure. I can't really speak to it because I don't know the ins and outs of what they're, what, what, what made them decide to make that decision. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what that's all about. I think it's fine. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, I don't see a problem. The, the one thing I take from it is they, they do a good job out there of, of filling those grandstands up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. The racing itself is pretty good, I think. Well, the race right itself now. is good, too. Yeah. And the current package that they, they rent, like the package they've been running so far this year has looked like. Looks like it's made the racing that much better, more competitive to me. I mean, everything since since Daytona, because that's we all know what that is. That's a different deal. But what we've seen at California, Vegas, and Phoenix to me has been. I think that they've they've really knocked it out of the park this year with the package and what, the way it's running, the way the the competition has been better. I think because of it. it is. It's it's good, and you know that again. That goes back to the all encompassing overall marketing strategy of nascar and 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 and, you know we got i don't know we get into all this stuff we have people our audience with with shorter shorter attention spans and what you want to see i mean we there's so many races if you look back years ago you know you'd run a 600 mile race at, at charlotte you know you'd have two cars on the lead lap and everybody looks back in those days with fond memories but if you look at some of those races, you know, they're not really that good as far as competition. So now what do we want to do with these cars? I mean, I do know for a fact with the big spoilers and all the stuff that we're doing, they're trying to get the cars to all be grouped up at all the racetracks the way, you know, they do at Talladega and Daytona. That, that's kind of what one of the goals was, but they can't, they can't seem to make that happen. They just can't seem to make that happen where they're all grouped together in a big wad. So, you know... Where this all ends up, I don't know, but it is better. I know that it's better now than it's ever been. I tell you what, the the one thing that doesn't change, no matter what they do, no matter what rules package you put under it or whatnot. And I, I said this on Dirty Mo Media, Dirty Dirty Media, Dirty Mo. Dirty, Media. You said it yet, yeah, right? Dirty, Dirty Mo Media. Yeah. yeah. I said it on that. That the one thing that never changes and stays pure is when you're ner- when you're sitting in the seat as a race car driver, no matter what's going on with the rules package, no matter what's going on outside with the politics and everything else, you're doing the same thing that I did. When 1973, as a teenager, when I got my first old dirt car, you're trying to, you're strapped in with the helmet on, looking out the windshield, trying to figure out how you're going to outroad that guy in front of you, and driving that car each lap to the 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 edge, the envelope edge of of, of wrecking or being out of control every single lap. That part doesn't change. So that that's that's the good part about our sport. Yeah. All right, one more thing that's been in the news that I wanted to ask you about. And I don't know, now that we've got all the the postponements and cancellations, I don't know if, when this will happen. But the whole bounty deal with the truck series and Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick and the other fella putting up each, putting each putting up 50 grand for any full-time cup driver that could go down to the truck series and then beat Kyle or beat Kyle Busch or, or however that all deal worked. What are your, uh, what were your thoughts on all of that? I don't have the first problem with it. I don't either. I don't have any problem. There's some people oh, that's that, interesting. I mean, there's some people had trouble. I mean, I always figured to me, it was a, if you had a bounty on your head, that was just a, a badge of honor. You know, yeah. And if you were going to track trying to beat somebody that had a bounty on them, then that just made it 
more attractive, more exciting for me as a driver to try to figure out how to outrun that guy to get that extra money. You know, that's the way I always looked at those bounty things. And they used to do that a lot years ago. You'd have bounties on, on guys at different places. Uh, then it, you didn't hear about it for the longest time. And then this deal sprung up, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I just thought it was kind of a neat deal. I mean, I, I, I you know, think about it. You, you, you win enough or dominate enough to where the promoter, it's always a promoter, by the way, the promoter would say, all right, I'm going to put some extra money on this thing and try to get somebody to do something to outrun this guy because he's killing my show. And, uh, you know, when somebody gets that good or that dominant, then, you know, it's up to everybody else to try to figure out how to outrun. I tell you, I read something just a while ago, Ricky, on Twitter. Our buddy Rodney, Rodney Childers, mm-hmm. right, the crew chief for Kevin Harvick, he was talking about, he relayed about a story he said he'd never talked about much about when he was racing the late models. Uh, some truck he was running at, he was killing them, kicking their butt every week. And the promoter brought him and told him that you're killing my show and I don't want you to come back to this racetrack anymore. And Rodney was relaying about it. And I don't know the story here. Just just a few words he wrote about it. And he said basically that started the downward spiral of his career because his car owner said, okay, we won't go back. And, of course, Rodney wanted to keep going, right? And I guess the car owner didn't or what it sounded like. It, whatever happened, he wanted did, just didn't want to go back because the promoter didn't want him there. And it kind of started his downward spiral. Now, I've never – that's the first time I've ever heard about somebody – dominating racing and that's the reason his career didn't go further forward mm-hmm. that's a weird that's a weird deal weird deal yeah it is weird i i wanted to know because you had uh, at least you had the bounty put on you at franklin county speedway in 1983 right. where just which i believe we, we've told this story on other mm-hmm. old episodes of mass cast and it was referenced a little bit on i think when you went on dale jr podcast but just a quick summary of that real quick basically the deal was the promoter, Whitey Taylor, which we could do a whole show about him sometime, uh, who promoted Franklin County Speedway at that time, the deal was if you could win, he'd have, what, a 100-lap late model race once a month. That's and right. if you could win three of those in a row, right. you'd win twenty five grand. Right. So basically, you went down there, long story short, but kind of ended up there all by chance in the first one, but you ended up winning two in a row, mm-hmm. and it became a big deal. Could you win the third one, twenty five mm-hmm. grand? So then Whitey put a bounty on you for any driver that could outrun you mm-hmm. uh, so that he wouldn't have to pay you twenty five grand. So what I want to know is drivers that you're competing against for a bounty, where is the line? Like, are they come? Are there some guys that would come out there and wreck you to try to get that bounty? Because uh, that seems like that would be pretty. You wouldn't be looked upon favorably, but I don't know where the line is with this kind of stuff. Well, but, I, the, the, some of those deals I remember, Ricky, it was written in there. You beat him, beat him. You get the bounty money, but you can't touch him. Okay. All right. Okay. I wonder back then, we're talking like in the early 80s, 70s. I didn't know if it was, I thought it might have been Wild West by then. No, they did a little bit of that. And then there was a little bit of a gentleman's agreement too on some of that stuff. But what they didn't do, some of the guys, and this happened at Franklin County, guys would come in. In fact, I know one guy came in there. He was a good race car driver, had good cars. And we were running 311 engines, 311 cubic inches with, uh, the weight deal to go with that you could run and this started the bush series you could run a 355 cubic inch motor but you hit the car had to weigh more of course 355 had more horsepower than a 311 
but if you run a 311 then you didn't have to run as much weight in the car and a lot of times weight overcomes horsepower so you know about everybody had went to 311s there was still a lot of the 355 motors around i know a guy showed up that night good 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 guy good driver good car with a 355 engine with the weight of a 311 and showing a 311 and they didn't inspect his car so you know you had to fight that just a little bit that was see you answered my next question because it was going to be okay well they can't touch you but how much how closely were they inspecting some of these other guys cars and would they bring in especially a local track like that would promoters like purposely seek out and call in other guys that's what happened with this particular incident okay that's exactly what happened. So not only called him in, but he also told him, hey, you can uh, run, run, run what you brung. Run what you brung, and you were yeah. not going to check you and that that's kind right. of thing. That's okay. right. That's right. Well, that's interesting. It is kind of, I see, I will admit, like, I don't like turning into, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like turning into a truck race. See that Kyle Busch is, A, the only cup driver running, and then it domi- then dominates the thing. I don't particularly enjoy that, but I do like it. If there's a mixture of, of cup drivers and series regulars, then... So that's okay. And then also, this bounty deal, I think, is pretty cool. I mean, as long as nobody's going out there and wrecking anybody for, for something like that, then who cares? Let's go. I think it's cool. It's going to attract more attention to it. Of course it does. Chase Elliott's going to do it. And, I mean, got got in a truck, and Hooters is sponsoring him. And you got other guys that are getting in there. And it'll be fun to watch. You know? And, honestly, Kyle will probably whip all their butts again, oh, and, yeah. and they won't oh, win yeah. the bounty. It's probably yeah. what's going to happen. I'm sure. But we're all going to be sitting there watching. There's going to be more people like me who are going to be watching Kyle Busch dominate a truck race who otherwise wouldn't. And that's a good thing for everybody, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I agree. All righty. Well, I feel like we've covered. Do you have anything else you'd like to cover before we go here? Oh, man. I have so much, Ricky, but I can't. You know, I'm I'm, I'm homebound here. My my creative juices aren't flowing. We're not. You know, there's nothing on TV. Yeah. I mean, our who's aren't playing. The hoagies ain't playing. There's there's the baseball season's gotten delayed. I know. You know, school's let out. You know, there's nothing. I mean, other than going fishing, man. Yeah. What else is there to do now? Hey, dude, we went to we went out last night to a Mexican restaurant here locally. That typically on Saturday nights you can't hardly get in. You went, Ricky. You, I was with you. Right, you were yeah. with us. And what was it three other couples in there? That was about it. Yeah. Then we go to Walmart. Well, we go to the dollar store, I think, and uh, they had three rows of paper towels. Which I think what we do, you take a paper towels and saw them in half. <laughs> you know what I mean? Soft them up a little bit for the toilet paper. Then we go to Walmart. They're out of all paper products. They're out of milk. They're out of eggs. And I'm like, what in the world is 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 going? Anyhow, so we we got ammo. We've got game running around. I mean, we've got the river here and the creek over here. We've got we're, we're going to be okay here in the mountains. Yeah, we're yeah, be okay. We'll be okay. Hope all you are okay out there as well. And um, yeah, we've been saying. We first of all, thank you to everybody for begging us to or for your nice words, asking us to come back. And uh, believe me, it's we've wanted to for a while, but our schedules, despite me being blamed at the beginning, it's just been a matter of getting our schedules synced up. And as of right now, we both got nothing but time for the most part. So yeah. hopefully, we'll keep going here. And even even when baseball and NASCAR and all that starts back up, we're gonna make an make an effort to. Uh, to make time to do that mass cast every week because we've missed it and i know y'all have missed it too one so. thing might help or do you think they're going to do a national quarantine on us ricky like they've done in italy i don't know it seems I mean, if like they, if, they, if they do it pretty quick you're going to be stuck here yeah and not in atlanta for a while so we could get 
Heck, hell, we can do one every day. Well, that's true. You're going to have to come up with something to talk about. Well, uh, we just got caught up through the this part of the NASCAR season, four races in, and I'm already out of topic. So, and they're not <laughs> going to run any other races, and you better come up with something to talk well, I about. I come up with stuff. I'm sure you can. Yeah. All right. All right. Guys. All right. Good deal. Well, thank you, everybody. He's Rick Mast at Rick Mast 22 on Twitter and Instagram now, too. I don't know if he's posting anything there. He posts no, a little something. I, no, I can't quite. You ain't got that figured I guess out I yet. And all the kids keep telling me that's what I got to do, and I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So I need to start doing that, I guess. Well, we'll get you up and running on Instagram, and then maybe after that, we'll get you started on TikTok and see what we can do there. No, I am on TikTok, but I'm not. I've, I've, I don't Oh, you are account. on there? No, 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 no. I've got, I don't have an account. I just go in there and look at it. All. Oh, okay. Well, that's the same with me. Okay. I've got an account. I don't post anything from it. And then the Braves are on TikTok, so I do. I I kind of do some stuff for the well, Braves for I, work. I, I, I don't post anything personally. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure what that deal was. And finally, the other night, I was watching it, and there's Jennifer Lopez. Oh, She's yeah. on TikTok. I said, "Okay, this is bona fide." Okay, all right, it's bona fide. There you go. That's all so, you need. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, he's at RickMass22 on Twitter and uh, maybe Instagram. And then I'm at RickyMast on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. So thank you uh, for listening and for asking us to come back. It's good to be back. And hopefully uh, we will be back regularly now. That's the plan. So uh, for my dad, Rick Mast, I'm Ricky Mast. And we'll see you next time on the MassCast. Cast.